Welcome to the Men Refine Podcast. This is a project to help men to recover their identity in Christ through relationships and tools to be better men, husbands, and fathers for our community. Hey friends, welcome to the Men Refined Podcast. Today in the room we have Ad Vogel. Ad, how's it going, man? It's going good. Going really good. It was where, where did fall go? I don't know, but I, you know what? I got my sweatpants on. It feels really good okay. right now. Okay, whatever that means. TMI. It, it means I'm super cozy. And then your dog Grace here is super cozy too, laying on this plush carpet. She likes to hang out. I can see that. What's new, man? New elections coming up. Kind of crazy. Crazy. How many days until election day? I can't count, man. I don't know how to do math. When is election day? November 8th, right? November 8th? Right? I don't remember. I mean, I already filled out my ballot. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we just got it last week. My ballot's really just like one big line down. November 8th. November it's a 8th. Tuesday. Isn't it always on a Tuesday? Yeah, I, I don't I, know. My brain, I don't, I don't like, I don't compartmentalize these things. I don't, I don't log them. You know what I mean? I don't create a um, a note of when election days are because, but I do think that like they're always on a Tuesday, right? Yeah, I don't know. When election day is coming, um, do you have different thoughts about election? Where, where I'm coming, I'm an immigrant. Where I'm coming from in Venezuela, whoever is listening, Venezuela, there's a dictatorship in Venezuela. Yeah. Okay. But when I lived in Venezuela, I was able to to cast my vote for the first time after I turned 18. Did you vote for the dictator? I did not. And how many people do you think actually voted for the dictator? And it's Maduro, right? Right? Yeah, I don't think nobody nobody actually votes for him. But that's okay. Let's well, okay, I think let, go- let, let's go back and like how do you think it started? It's what? What how do you, you think about? It's Nicolas Maduro is the dictator in Venezuela, am I correct? Yes, sir. How did it start? How did how did he come to the stage and present his ideas and were people like clapping their hands excited to see this dude? What what was it about him or did he just come in and he convinced the army to be on his side? What what happened? Give us a little background on because Venezuela used to be the richest country in South America and now it's like the poorest. I don't want to dwell too much on this, but I will say this. He came to power after Chavez Mm-hmm. died of cancer i don't know the exact date but um he so so since then um chavez says pretty much this is my successor i want you to vote for him quote unquote vote for him elections are rigged in venezuela okay yeah. that's just reality and then yeah he's just staying in power because that's what dictatorship happened mm-hmm. like it, it has never happened you you have never seen in history a dictator living living the government house on its own merit because somebody voted him out Okay, so here, but here's my main nowhere, point. Nowhere in history happened. Everything, every time a dictatorship fails is because somebody kills somebody. Oh, yeah. It's through violence. But was there anyone in Venezuela excited? Any civilian like, oh my gosh, I love this guy. This guy's amazing. He's saying everything that I love to hear. I'm soaking it in. You guys are crazy conspiracy theorists that don't believe that this guy has our best interests in mind. Well, was, was there anyone like at the beginning? Because now like I, I believe that everyone's like, oh, this guy's a crooked piece of garbage um, because my life is utter miserable. It's misery. Was there anyone that's like at the very beginning? Like, was he? Did he put on the charm? He has no charm. But how was he? That's what I want to know. Like, how was he at the at the beginning of his quote unquote dictatorship? He is a dictator now, obviously. But yes, how was he at the very very beginning? Because people change. Like, their true person comes out over time. Right? He he was in government with Chavez, and then Chavez per se quote unquote he was the real deal. He was the one that people voted for because he was bringing new ideas. He was breaking out of 
the corrupt politicians that we all grew up with. Okay, so Chavez was good. No. So he was like, he was the seed of socialism in Venezuela. Definitely. Yeah, okay, everything so Chav- everything started with him. With Chavez. And so, okay, yeah. so people, so, okay. So. Here's the thing. Chavez actually organized a coup against Carlos Andres Perez, which he was president at the time. And, don't, and, and, don't remember the dates. He organized a coup. He took a tank and he went through the White House in Venezuela. A tank. He destroyed a bunch of stuff. He wanted it to take over the presidency by force. He got caught. He went to jail. A new president is installed. While he's in jail, this president, Caldera, he pardons Chavez. Mm. Chavez comes out like a a big shock now, Mm. right? And he's like, well, now I'm the big deal. And he started running for president. He started saying, he he started pushing out socialist ideas. And what happened? People want everything to be given to them freely. You see, this is where I'm getting it. Like, because freely, there's always a start, right? And there's always people that- That's how everything starts. That, oh, wow. The big rich, the big rich people. Now you got the poor people here in the States oh, is the that. big, the big yeah. rich, the middle, the, the, the middle class is being oppressed by the rich. Mm-hmm. We got to tax the rich. We got to, we got to give some tax. We got to remove the taxes from the, the middle class. Right. But, so but what, that's, what? that's where everything started in Venezuela though. Yeah. Because it's not fair that these people have so much money, right? Of course. And um and I have very little money, so therefore this guy should give me his money, right? That's fair. That isn't that equity or, or equality? Yeah, it's um equity. You, yeah, well, they're trying to say well, equity I think has something to do with um with race and gender and all this kind of jazz. What and, about equality? Well, I think yeah, equal. I think equality is good. So someone said this. I I kind of like wrote it down and probably butchered it out. It says equality is that age old idea that everybody's equal to be treated equally mm-hmm. and that everybody want to play by the same rules and have the same opportunities. Equity is the idea that everybody ought to end up at the same place. And then if they're not ending up in the same place, I guess when I say everybody, I, I you know, doesn't mean individuality, but but that we have to rationalize everyone and have everyone as a group mm. and not as individuals. And so groups need to have the same outcomes. If groups are not having the same outcomes, then the assumption is that's because of racism and in the system. Yeah. And equity says we then need to, you know, deconstruct the system uh, to whatever degree we need in order to get to this equal outcome. So if I start at one point, I need to end up exactly where you are. If you and I start this race at the same line, we, you and I both need to end up at the same time at the finish line. Yeah. And if we don't, right, if we don't, then there's a problem. We need to figure out what's going on. But here's the, dude, think about this. Equity is exhausting, man. Mm. No, but not for the person being carried. So in my family, we do have equity, mm. right? It's called me carrying my kid up the stairs you know, we, we just um, took a trip to Ireland and um, we all actually had to end up at the same place at the same time. Right. But my four-year-old is slow and my 10-month-old my doesn't know how to walk, dude. And so w- these dudes have to be carried, right? Where's, but the, isn't where's just, the equality, though? I mean, they're all part of the same family, but but the equity, because it's my family, you know, these, these kids have to be carried. But you know what? I'm not going to be carrying a dude. That's not my family. Mm. Up the stairs. Mm. It, it's exa- the thing. My point is, Dude, it's exhausting carrying this four-year-old up a thousand stairs on, from the side of, side of a cliff in Ireland. We, we went down to a castle, right? The child almost killed herself by falling off a cliff. I had to, you know, prevent that from happening. Where, where, was, then, her, where was her dad? I was right there with her, <laughs> right? I was grabbing her, and I, but I had to hold her. No one was holding me, Yeah. right? Yeah. That's because I'm a damn man. 
Yeah. I don't need to be held. Do you but, need anybody to hold you? No, I don't. Sometimes my wife. Okay. But that's, that's that's another story. That's another story. But you know, but here's the thing, dude. But I had to carry this kid. Equity's exhausting, right? But what, the people that are like that are that are for it, right? They're the little kids that want to be held, right? Because my kid, they she doesn't care. She wants equity, right? She wants to go to the car at the same time as me, but she doesn't want to do the work by going up the stairs. All these people crying about equity they're the little kids that are being carried by the parent you know what wow. i'm saying yeah that's that's good. right that's good and then the people that are like, yeah no no equity because they're the parents going you know what you walk yourself kid <laughs> right you want but then you know what we do hey if you go up these stairs by yourself we'll go get some ice cream now you're buying your kids off right we're like oh my gosh this kid just gotta be quiet this is annoying but then you know what happens when you give into those kids all the time they turn into 15 year olds that feel like you have to carry them too and that's even more exhausting i thought i read that somewhere but then they become adults right dude we talked about this last last episode man because I had to kick this 19-year-old out of my house, or I had to start charging him rent mm. because he was like, you know what? We're equal, Dad. This is this is equity here. Yeah, how equal? I, You're I'm not like, equal to me, buddy. I'm like, there was this time when um, I had him p- pull weeds in the backyard, and this is, I mean, it, it, it was frustrating at the time, but it's hilarious looking back at it. And I said, Aiden, dude, you need to go in the backyard pull these weeds. I'm working here. I'm doing my, I'm doing my fair share of the work on the household. There's some weeds in the backyard. I don't have time, but you're my son. You do what I tell you to do because you live here rent-free, right? Go pull the weeds, please. Because I'm trying to be polite, but I don't. Do I need to say please? I, I why? Bet. Why not? Because you because you you gotta teach you gotta teach your kids um, some you manners, know, right? Some manners, right? right? So, so, so yes, Aiden, definitely please. Please is important. Sometimes that can be a little rude. You know, ask my wife. But anyway, I go. So Aiden, go. I need you to go pull the weeds. Here's what. Here's my fam- famous line to my kids. Here's what I need you to do. Right, so here's what I need you to do, Aiden. Go out in the backyard. I need you to pull some weeds, please. Thank you so much. All right, bye. Have a good day. Goodbye. Goodbye. Get it get it done. Take a picture, send it to me when right. it's done. So about an hour goes by and he comes into my office and he starts throwing he tries to be a man about it. But you can see like underneath the facade, there's this little boy just like bubbling and boiling up and go about a tantrum is about to happen. And he goes, Dad, it's just too hard to pull these weeds. I said, what? If they're just weeds, just grab them, pull them out of the ground, go to the next one. It's, it's, you put some music on, it's mindless work. And he's like, how about this, Dad? How about I just spray them with, with weed killer, come back two weeks, and then pull them out. That, and then I'm like, how about you get them done right now? Because I don't want to see them anymore. Hmm. Right? So he, throw, he, he storms off, upset, and um, he starts pulling the weeds. And I go to spy on him in the backyard. And he's like flipping out. Mm. He's flipping out and he's throwing a tantrum. And I just see him just right like, there in the middle of the grass. Right there in the middle. And he, then all of a sudden he postures up and he points his hand, the back of his hand towards my office, right where, where I would be. Oh, no. And he extends a finger. No way. And then he looks up and he sees that I'm staring at him. Oh, man. <laughs> and I start laughing, right? And he, But here's where I respect my son. He, um, he owned it. And he kept it there. Mm. And then he gave me a big smile and realized that he was being a doofus. Mm. Right. And so so then what, what happened, right? So I showed like we were this is where we're not equal, right? So I went down there and I started showing him how to pull the weeds. And I was just like I was just an animal with this ripping these weeds out. You know, this they're coming out in seconds, right? And I said and I threw them in the bucket. I said, Aiden, that's how a man does it. Do you ever got to make a TikTok video on that? Dude. That would have been fantastic. 
Talking talking about culture, bro. Listen, it's I'm telling you. Leave it now. It's a story. Now you got to leave it up to the imagination. Man. Right? But seriously, I would but, have loved to see a but, TikTok but on that. But bro, right? He wants this dude wants equity, right? And he but like what it is, he wants equality of outcome. But you know what? Your muscles aren't as big as mine, dude. You you didn't you don't have the history that I have, right? That um that got me to where I am. But these people, he, what he wants is he wants to be where I am without the work hmm. that he, that gets put into it. Right. So it's like, so I showed him, I said, Hey, Aiden, see what I just did? That's how a man does it. And I'll get it done. And he saw an example of how I did it and that he should, and he wants to be a man. So here's the thing. These people screaming for equity, they want to be up there. Right. But you know what? The, the thought, the idea of the work behind it is exhausting. The, the thought of having to do it. So instead of what, what they find out was what, what's easier, instead of actually putting any effort into what they're doing, it's easier just to complain. It's easier to call your representative, right? And say, and have them try to fight your battles for you. Because you know what? I really don't have time for that. Mm. And I want to do what I want to do. And um, yeah, th- just the effort. I mean, this this is where you see this whole like virtue signaling, the, um, the whole wokeness. It's people that it's much easier. They got into the habit and the mindset that being behind a screen, jotting down your opinion or posting some sort of um, virtuous thing. Yeah, just tweet it, around, right? Just, it, tweet, just yeah. send, it, send that Twitter, buddy. It's just as those good. Trolls, those trolls, those bunch of good, right? trolls. Yeah. And election day is obviously November 8th. So we're talking about, we're recording this episode on october the 27th today yeah we're talking about 12 days to election day you how know, do you, how I, do, well how do you think people are going to vote right man i don't know yeah the, i think that's that's that is something that i definitely put in god's hands because you know i don't think we as as, as christians have uh, have have much of a say on yeah. that because god is the one that elect and put those people well that's true right in there and we need to be through to our, what the bible says and unfortunately you know every time election day comes in either if it is midterm elections or presidential elections you know it always remind me of and that's something that is not that people i i've seen that people don't appreciate here in the united states that that always remind me um, when i was back in venezuela the first time that i voted people usually you know it's usually voting day is on a sunday okay i think it's the first week of november um, and it's usually on a Sunday. They're doing on a they do it on a Sunday so everybody can go and vote. So voting usually it starts uh, very early in the morning and it, and it finishes nine ten o'clock at night. That's when they close. So they give a full day for every citizen to go and cast their vote. It's a big deal. People go with their flags. People go with their chairs. They sit down on you know it's a, it's like a party. People go and exercise their right to vote. It's a big deal. Right, you're voting for your elected officials. They make it a big deal. Here, here is not like that, as you know. I think that patriotism and that caring for your elected officials have left the building. So you don't have that sense. It's just easy to receive something in the mail, mail it out. When we were living in Miami, our voting place was very close to home. And I will usually just walk the day off and I cast my vote, mm. you know, in person. I really love that. It's such a it's a privilege, man. It's a privilege. So I think we have we have lost that privilege, well, you know, well, we, we through lost, the year through we, the years. Yeah, we lost the excitement of what it means to have your voice be heard yeah. and have some sort of um, effect on the skin, election. Skin in the game. Skin in the game. But so yes. going back to you, so in Venezuela, there's people that camped out. 
they had their flag, they had their chairs, they had all this stuff. Right? Yeah. And it was a big deal. But then you, re- then they realize, oh, actually, my vote really doesn't matter, right? Because it's the dictator. Yeah. They're they're rigging the election. So I mean, yeah. Since since dictatorship, that has not been like that. Oh, so people are, you know, there's still there's, there's still a lot of people like going, in, you know. To well, the voting are, polls, but but, but they're like down like in the before. dumps about it, right? It they're wasn't. Like, oh, yeah. It wasn't like before. It yeah. was definitely just you know. It just it's sad. It's just really sad. That is sad. So, so but, but my my question to you now is like you know based on this whole equity and and inclusivity and all all these things all these things that um the people on the left are branding right? Mm. Why are they voting for the people that they're voting for? Right? Is, is it so? It goes it goes back to like, okay. They're saying the things that are easy for me to hear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And therefore. Oh, and so, yeah, I agree with that. And I don't have to do that. Um, I can get the government to do it for me. And therefore, right. I can get the residual effects of um, of doing something virtuous, helping the needy or helping someone in need. Because I saw these posts when when the government was sending out like 600 bucks to families, right? Mm-hmm. And these, um, these people that are very young, and they're like, well, instead of sending 600 bucks to the people that don't need it, why don't you send the 600 bucks to people that do need it? Okay, who are those? Well, who are, well, who, who says who are those? Right, right. Who, who who's how do you who gets to decide? Yeah, where's the metrics, right? We're, right. We're, we have, you know, who are those? Who are those people? But they they in their head they already know who it is, right? Of course. I mean, they've got they've got a scale. Of course. And I think what is tricky sometimes. I mean, and obviously they're on the receiving end of it, right? They're they're part of the group that's on the receiving end. Yeah. Right. Is it but isn't that like grade school kind of thought mentality, right? The thought process of a grade school person. Well, you know what? It's not that's not fair. Life it ain't fair, buddy. And then you have this, you know, the sliding grades, you know, grading on a curve, right? I think, you know, everything starts with the family, man. It's just such an important driving mechanism for society, for community, for the country right it's just you have to ingrain certain principles and ideologies and honor to your kids and that's not happening in the family there's there's a bunch of men that have checked out i like this insert of this book that we're reading the household and the war for the cosmos recovering a christian uh, vision for community you know they talk about children how children are increasingly believed to be useless or even bad to have because we don't know what children are good for because of that because we don't know what children are good for we're 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 having fewer of them you know since then fertility has plummeting across the world i don't know you know what i've been trying to wrap my head around lately is and this could sound a bit controversial but we're here we're the ones with the microphone right that's right this say is a, it. This is a free country, right? Just say it, man. So, can a Christian be a Democrat? And when I mean a Democrat, let's 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 have some context in here because democracy, being a Democrat for generations, for for many years, has been something positive to look towards. Okay, democracy. How do we include democracy? How do we how do we push democracy in these third world countries? Right. It's a. I mean, it's a nice word. I I think a better question is not. Can a Christian be a Democrat, but can someone who stands for liberal policies and ideologies call themselves a Christian? Mm. Can you call yourself a Christian and support abortion? Not according to the Bible. Well, no. 
Can you call yourself a Christian then consider anything other than biblical marriage, marriage, not according to the Bible? So when you start to compare politics, don't compare your Christianity to your politics. I think we should compare politics to Christianity and understand that the ways of the Bible supersedes politics. Yeah, and I think this is really is an interesting point because when you start to you know, start to pull these different values out, right, and they're, they're now being voted on, right? Mm. And one party platform is voting mm-hmm. for this and one party platform is get voting my values, ag- against, against get my values right. out of so, politics so, but no but but here's the thing right this is a really great litmus test of like hey you can't serve two masters right yes are you for christ or are you for the the thing are you um in the politics thing are you in the the group thing right what group are you part of? So are you part of the group that is for Christ? Okay, if you're for Christ, then you're going to align your vo- votes that are closest to Christ, right? But and, why, why do we need politics to to guide our livelihood? Right, right. Why do we need politicians well, we and shouldn't. legislation to tell us how to live and how to treat people? Well, we need we need the Bible to do that, right? We need the ten. That's that's why we have the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, everything starts at home. Well, it does. I don't. I don't need no cons- no counselor from the school to tell well, to tell my girls how to behave. Yeah. I do not need that. Counselors from school stay away from a child. Stay away from it. I do not need you. They have a mom and they have a dad and a dad. Right. And that's our responsibility. It's not but, like but, counselors but, but, but at school. Thing. At school, they there's people that don't want to put the work in parenting, so they yeah. they, they put the parenting in. In the government's hands. Oh, man. Or in the school's hands, right? Oh, the, yeah. the parents are, have, or the, the school has um, a better idea of how they should parent your children than, than the actual parents. Yeah, sure. Good so, luck with that. So the point is like, okay, so if, if you were saying, if you find yourself a Christian, right, and let's even put Christian in quotes, fall into the um, the ideology of, of leftist thinking, right? Or even in the ideology of like far right radical like um, thinking. Are you for Christ? Or are you for, for that thing? Whether you're um, on the very far right or you're on the very far left, right? Because let's let's not get this wrong. I mean, things that are on the very far right aren't good either. Of course um, not. Of course um, but, not. But I, but I don't think that we're, we're necessarily voting for those things. Yeah. Um, the, thing is, the, the thing is with the things on the far left, we are voting for those things. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's where it's scary. So can you be a Christian and vote for those things? How many people voted this past election against what the person that they did not like? Just because they dislike somebody as a person, they yeah. voted against it. And they were able to try to there find things many. about who there were they were many. voting for. There were many. Well, so is that the right way to vote? Well, no. And here's the thing. They they were able to convince themselves that oh voting for oh this person is a good thing you know I've I've heard people that call themselves Christians go you know what I'm against abortion but you know that's my own decision for my own family I'm not going to tell you what to do with your own body right and that's just like a pacifist weak wimpy thing to say of course you're going to say that you know that's that's your family you're going to want to preserve your own family but when you want to preserve life and preserve what God has created and said is good right and then you have the the repercussions of like a one whole group coming after you if you were to be opposed to that that's just chicken man I think we're going to get canceled here. I don't care. Dude, we're already we'll canceled. Kicking. Yeah, the world has already canceled us, right? Uh, what did Jesus say? Jesus said, you know what? The world hated me. They will hate you they also. They will hate you also. That's it. And you know, so here's, as a Christian, right? If you're a Christian out there listening, you have to be okay with people hating you. 
Are you, are your feelings strong enough to deal with people hating you? Mm. I know that it's so uncomfortable, right? It's, it doesn't feel good when someone doesn't like you, right? It doesn't feel good to get um, scorn or people pointing their finger or a group of people against you yelling at you. It doesn't feel good. But I love what Paul says in the, in the, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 16, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Yeah. What does love really means? Well, love. You know, so what, what does love does not mean? Love doesn't mean that you're going to be selfish, right? Love isn't selfish, right? So look at First Corinthians and read that. Love is what? Love is patient. Love is kind. Keep going because my memory is weak. <laughs> right? <laughs> it shows no what. Love is patient, kind. Does not envy or boast. Is not arrogant or rude. And it does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Yeah. Love never ends. Verse 8 of chapter 13. So when we take that, right, and we have a person that um, hasn't read a Bible, but they feel like they're super virtuous and like, yeah, and they, you know what they always, I shouldn't say they always say, but you know what a lot of times they say, oh, I've read the Bible. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. And, but they, they really haven't read it. But you know what? When they start saying stuff to you and they're, they're saying things that are really offensive to Christ and we have to remember 1 Corinthians chapter 13, right? How do we respond to these people? All too often I see people respond and they're trying to be um, loving, right? But they come off as snarky. Have you have you noticed that? Hmm. Oh, isn't that nice? Oh, oh, yeah, I know you feel that way. And it, it comes off as like patronizing. They're trying to tell you that their way is best. But Paul, at the beginning of chapter 13, says, if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and knowledge and if i have all faith so i have to remove mountains but i have no love i have nothing nothing patronizing somebody because of what you think that's not love no no it's not love is truth love is telling somebody dude you're wrong lovingly well but so the, 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 my point is how do you how do but you, you can't even say that anymore. How, do, how, do, how do you how do you come off lovingly like because our our human condition is so prone to can you of, can you love people that you don't know well of course right you know one pastor um the grace is shaking herself um one pastor said you know love loves lovingly all too often like the immature person is going to see like love is like valentine's i'm, I'm feeling all these warm and fuzzies and i'm seeing um hearts like pop over their head and i want chocolate right? and i want chocolate and and i feel this way and i go oh my gosh, yes. she likes me and he likes me it's like oh my gosh this is this is love balloons please balloons oh. balloons but you know when you think about it love as a noun loves as a verb lovingly as an adverb so love loves lovingly so You know, when we read what Paul said in 1 Corinthians, this is how you love. As Christian men, and as men, men made a, God made us um, somewhat of a, aggressive beings, right? As men, because we kind of have to be. We have to take charge. We have to fight what is not good. We have to battle people that are trying to attack us, right? We, but we have to temper that with love. If all we have is that, then we're just going to die, and mm. it's, gonna, it's misery. Yeah, if, right? we, if all you have is that and you have so, no love, yeah, it's it, you're you might as well be dead, right? Right. So, but here's the thing: 
God made us men to be somewhat ag- aggressive. And so we have to put on the armor of Christ, which is love. Because it's it's so hard because we can we can lash back out and go, well, you're an idiot. You're leftist, you know, snowflake baby, cry baby. You know, and that's that's not really effective, right? In this election time, just in closing, how do we show love? To our brothers and sisters, to those in our community that think differently, that act differently. How do we as Christian men show love upon them? How do we witness to them so we do not hinder the church, the church as an organism, the global church? How do we do that? How do we do that well? So so here so here's my here's my what my thought on that. So this is what I love about our our creator. He has never had to change, right? And he's never had to change his word. His word is constant and it's pure and it's good, right? And so as long as we stick on that, our execution, our delivery, our tactics with other people should always remain the same no matter what the temperature is outside. But here's here's another thing to note. The people that are the opposite of Christ, they constantly have to change their, ta- their tactics. The enemy constantly has to change his tactics. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. Right. They're, okay. So they're, they're redefining certain things like this. Like, okay, you know what? We're going to redefine what a man is. We're going to redefine what a woman is. Oh, we're going to redefine what gender is only to try to control the narrative because they don't have a grasp on reality. They don't, and or truth, right? They don't have a grasp on truth. And therefore they have to continue to make stuff up in order to stay above the sand because they built their house on the sand. But when you built your house, ha- when you build your house on the rock, You don't ever have to change the positioning of your foundation. But when the sand is always moving, you have to always try to improvise and and alter what you're doing. It's just to try to stay above the quicksand, right? Because the world, the enemy, the lies, constantly moving and it's quicksand and sucks people in and they they die in that, right? So they constantly have to shift their positions. We have to be watchful. We have to pray about it. And I think we also have to allow God to use us in mighty ways to bring his kingdom come. We need to behave differently that the world does. We have to be patient, right? Differently. We're weird. We're supposed to be weird to yeah. what normal to what normal means right now. We're supposed to be weird. My God will supply every need of your accordance to his riches in glory. Right. Philippians four. We need to stand in his truth. We need to trust him and him alone, that he's going to use us as he please. And we may not know how that look. He's going to use you in a way. He's going to use me in a way. I could be very raw on the edges talking politics, but I love to talk politics with people that are in the other side that think different than me, not to confront and not to generate controversial in that conversation, but to understand where they're coming from. And why they think like that. Because the more the more we understand where they are, the more we can grow in our grace towards them. Because I don't think our fight is not with these people. This is a battle that is being fought in the heavenly realms. This is a spiritual battle. And the enemy is using people to his advantage for division. Hey friends, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. This episode was sponsored by Syracom Tech, your virtual IT department. Syracom Tech provides a wide range of services for your business. Did you know that your team can work from home just as if they were in the office with the right tech? Syracom Tech provides cybersecurity services, cloud services, IT support, infrastructure build, 
phone systems integrations, and much more. With more than 25 years of experience in the enterprise, Cyrecom Tech is here to serve you. You can book a free consultation by calling 720-819-7388. Again, the number is 720-819-7388. Also on the web at syrecomtech.com. S-I-R-E-C-O-M-Tech.com. For more information. Until next time, God bless you.